standing with his back turned, looking out the window. Journeyman Sterling watches the second chance as it fades out into drive space. Journeyman Sterling, we've managed to run a trace on that scav ship which was departing the Prosperity. Journeyman Sterling turns around. Go ahead, Apprentice. Well, sir, it appears as though it goes by the name of the Second Chance. However, our records indicate very little about the ship besides it belonging to an individual named Zari Sheen. Journeyman Sterling sits there and thinks for a moment turning back and looking down at the monitor where the last image of the second chance as it was fading out into drive space. Something triggers inside of Journeyman Sterling's brain. Sir, the apprentice says, should we send a detachment after them? Sterling shakes his head without looking up from the monitor. No, not at this time. However, write up a message for the UAC to deliver with one of their couriers and draft up a letter to the Krek. I want this ship found. I suspect that they have something very important aboard their ship and I want it back. With that, the young apprentice salutes, spins around on his heel, and leaves journeyman Sterling, who's gazing back out the window towards the prosperity with his hand on his chin. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome back to One Guy, One Roll, the solo role-playing podcast. Today we are playing through episode 15 of Iron Sworn Starforged, where we have been following the story of Nikora Sokolov. Last episode was quite interesting, as Nikora himself ran out of oxygen and just about died. However, Petra not only was able to get him back aboard the Second Chance, but also Subject Alpha as well. However, Chance, the VI aboard the Second Chance, was not allowing Petra access to the bridge so she could detach them from the station and get away from the space station Prosperity. The need to get out quickly was only exacerbated by the arrival of the Association of Professional and Technical Engineers, also known as the Spacers Guild, as they arrived with their cruiser called the Ultraviolet, which is captained by Journeyman Sterling. We know from our investigations in the research section of the ship that Journeyman Sterling was involved in the procurement of the Prosperity Space Station by the... APTE, and that he was aware of the existence of Subject Alpha aboard the station as well. However, due to some lucky rolls, it ended up that Journeyman Sterling was more interested in getting on board the Prosperity and theoretically checking in that Subject Alpha was still there and unharmed and let Nikora and the Second Chance enter into the drift, although due to the lack of time, they had to do a blind jump. So who knows where they're going to end up. Last episode ended with Nikora's hand on the lever controlling the Elodian drive, which had just turned blue, signaling that the drive was charged and ready for jump. So without further ado, let's get into it. So last episode had ended with the conclusion of our last scene. So our new scene is going to be arriving at our first jump point to start with, and we'll see if there's anything interesting once we do that. However, I don't think that Nikora was really in control last episode, so our chaos factor will go back up to five. Now let's see if there's any kind of alteration to the scene. 
We rolled a one, so yes, there is. Now, I've been debating exactly when to use this begin a session move in Ironsworn versus whether or not I should be using these altered scenes from the Mythic GM emulator. Since we rolled a one, we got an altered scene. For inspiration, let's roll on the begin a session Ironsworn move and see exactly what that's going to look like. We rolled a 16. Flashback reveals an aspect of another character, place, or faction. All right, I know exactly how that will take place. So beyond that, as far as beginning of episode stuff is concerned, we don't really have any clocks that are relevant, that are ticking, and I really don't think there's any other homework. As Nakora's hand rests on this blue lever next to the captain's console in the middle of the bridge of the second chance, he breathes deep and plunges it down, activating the drive and jumping blindly into the void. Now, whether or not chances, estimate of 27% chance of ending up in catastrophe is true or not, I do think it's entirely possible that this goes horribly wrong. We rolled a 31. So, the jump goes normally, not too good, not catastrophic, but also since there's no charted passage that they're following... Who knows where exactly we're going to end up. I think that the feeling of entering into the drift is very uncomfortable. It feels like you're both being squashed down to the head of a pin and being stretched out into infinity. And while this odd, strange feeling lasts for just a split second, it makes most non-spacers feel very sick and usually end up losing their lunch the first time they experience it. And even experienced spacers who aren't prepared for it get that same feeling of vertigo and loss of awareness, and it's generally just uncomfortable. In addition to that, the drift also has these waves and ups and downs and is generally not a predictable place, including the fact that these Elodian drives have been causing some sort of disturbance within the actual, not fabric of reality, but distortions to the way that normal, everyday, well, reality works. Some within the Forge even blame these distortions on the use of Elodian Drive, saying that it's tearing apart the forge with the strange energies and generally ununderstood technology that exists inside of these e-drives. However, all but the most superstitious of spacers dismiss this theory out of hand. What does happen, though, is as Nakora plunges down the handle and the whole ship gets compressed and stretched and distorts into the drift... All within that millisecond of time of being crushed and stretched and changed, memories flood into Nakora's head. Specifically, a memory he did not want to relive. What is the nature of this flashback? Avenge spirit. Avenge spirit. Oh, I know. During one of their excursions together, Nikora and Zari were on... A vast ocean world with only these tiny little dots of islands and archipelago stretching across the equator with rampant humidity and almost no life that was terrestrial based. Just a couple strange off color creeping plants which were almost alive with intent. And as usual, Nakora and Zari were arguing. 
I think that it's likely, in fact, I'm going to say a near sure thing. Yes, Zari is religious. Now, we haven't really talked about religion yet in the Forge, but it's rare. It basically doesn't exist, and she believes in something. And this belief in religion, this higher calling, had directed her, and therefore Nikora, to this planet in search of something. And when they arrived here, there was nothing. There was nothing at all. Just these barren little dotted islands. And in the background, we can see the second chance a lot cleaner and newly polished with instrumentations and stuff looking like fresh maintenance having been done to it and the the rust and the soot and everything that accumulates from time out in space has been removed from it however they are arguing and it is getting loud and heated i think zari is a bit of a firebrand and let's roll on the character first look for one more modifier 97 wounded so, Zari and Nakora are sitting on the shore of this little dot of land amidst this endless sea, and Nakora is bandaging up her leg, and they are just tearing into each other, arguing back and forth the, about something doesn't make sense to the observer. She's arguing about how they're here for a reason, they cannot give up so easily, they can't stop looking, and Nakora is yelling back at her that... It was all a trap. Can't you realize that? You need to get rid of your stupid religion. All it does is lead us down the wrong path over and over and over again. It really doesn't help anything that we do. Zari tosses back this mane of red hair that she has. You will just never understand Nikora because you don't believe. You don't have faith. You don't understand why I believe what I do. You just don't know me well enough. Cora throws his hands up in the air, throws down the bandage that he was only half finished around her knee, and starts walking away back towards the ship. She says, that's what you always do, Nakora. You run away from all of your problems. He spins back around. He says, you know, this was a fucking trap. I knew it was going to be a trap. We should never believe that guy on the station. This is all your fault, and he keeps walking back to the second chance and shutting the box on the bottom, the cargo box, and Zari just sits there, looking out into the sea, with the blood slowly soaking through the bandage where she had been shot by the bounty hunter who had been waiting for them on board the island. As this flashback fades, Nakora comes to with a start back aboard the flight deck of the second chance. These jumps always mess me up, he grumbles, looking down at Petra, who's strapped into one of the chairs. She looks back up at him. Did you have a dream, Nakora? I know I did. It was of my childhood. It was sad. Nakora nods. I don't really want to talk about it, but I'm starving. You want something to eat? She simply nods and follows him down the ladder into the mess. I set the jump for two hours, so I don't know where we're going to end up but I suspect it'll be the nearest anchorage to wherever two hours in a random direction is. We will have to be ready, because who knows what will be on the other side. As Nakora sits down, and what exactly is the food on board spaceships in the Forge? I suspect it's probably not great. Is the food like goop, like flavored goop in the shape of something, or is it just like goop powder, basically? I don't think Nakora has a lot of money or cares much, so I think it's likely that the food is just this gloopy, protein, vitamin-rich nastiness that kind of just looks like snot. 65, yes. Down in the mess area, 
there's this circular table with this dingy half couch around it and everything's dirty there's like empty and dirty dishes around and paper and just random crap just strewn all over the place and petra looks down at this just disgusting mess with a look of disgust on her face i don't know how you live like this nikora but clearly there needs to be a lady's touch around here which she says with a slight smirk on her face though it's hard to know if it's a smirk or a grimace from the fact that her scars must itch and be painful as all hell on her face Nikora kind of looks up at her, clearly no look of humor on his face. It's been a long time, Petra, since there's been anybody but me and the stupid computer on board. Give it a rest, all right, or if you don't like it, you can earn your keep around here by cleaning the place up. It's not like you pay for food or anything, he says as he grasps onto this, like, I don't know if you've been to McDonald's and see, like, the McFrosty handles. That's exactly what it looks like, like a cheap plasticky handle out of this container, and he puts one of the one of the bowls underneath and lowers the lever on the front of this machine it just says vita pro and a little tagline that says vita pro it's all you need takes the bowl and lowers this handle and it just kind of bloops out into the tray this one portion and it wiggles and jiggles and at least it doesn't smell as bad as it looks but he kind of walks back over the table and slides a bowl over to petra who looks down at it in disgust and Nakora just simply says, it's all we got aboard here, all right? So if you're hungry, eat it or don't. Trust me, it's not as bad as it looks. She takes the pre-offered bowl of VitaPro and after a tentative first bite, she wolfs down the rest of the bowl. She was clearly very hungry and probably hadn't eaten in a long time. She looks up at Nakora, who is eating his bowl of VitaPro as well. Look, Nakora, I never got a chance to thank you for coming back for me. You don't know me. You had no reason to come back for me. Thank you. He kind of shrugs with the gloopy VitaPro in his mouth, chokes it down, and looks back at her. Don't sweat it, kid. Besides, you could have left me to die on that space station anyways when I ran out of oxygen. And you managed to bring my weird brain friend along too. The mention of Project Alpha, she gets really serious looking. Yeah, about the brain thing. What the fuck is it? Nakora just kind of shrugs at that question. It's a, how do you say, science project that I believe the APTE, if you're familiar with the unions, had discovered down on the surface of Cicero and brought back up to the prosperity. I believe that they bought the station due to some documentation I found and we're conducting this research in secret outside of Terminus space. Petra just nods and allows Nikora to continue as her face just gets more and more serious. I believe it's some kind of electronic organic computer of some sort. Tell me, kid, do you know anything about our past? About how we ended up in the forge? Because we ain't from here originally. The stony look on Petra's face reveals nothing. Nakora kind of scowls a little bit. Well, do you? Do you know anything about it? I'm just not going to tell you everything. She slowly nods. Yes, Nikora, I'm familiar with what has been dubbed the Cataclysm. Nikora raises an eyebrow at this. Most folk ain't aware of what the Cataclysm was. Tell me, kid, how does a miner like you know anything about it? She just shrugs. Haven't always been a miner. 
The core doesn't push her any farther, and the two of them share this moment of comfort and just ability to take a moment and just relax. So, when you socialize, share intimacy, or find a moment of peace, roll plus heart. Our heart, unfortunately, is one, but we're going to try and use the heart and move here. Roll the wrong dice again. All right, we rolled a four on our action dice, and plus one is a five. And on our challenge dice, we had a three and a seven, so a weak hit. On a strong hit, you find companionship or comfort, and your spirit is strengthened. If shaken, clear the impact plus one, otherwise plus two spirit. So we're not sojourning, so we'll take the plus two spirit. Brings us back up to four. And the move we did in the beginning with the flashback should have given us plus one momentum. I didn't mark it. So on a weak hit, which we just got now, is above. But the indulgent is fleeting. Envision an interruption, complication, or inner conflict. Then lose minus one momentum. So we're just going to keep our momentum at four and call it good. I think that the complication here is that Nikora is now aware that Something's a little bit off with Petra. She clearly is not just a minor. She knows stuff she shouldn't, and she's smart and agile, very mechanically oriented. There's something that's not quite being fully revealed about Petra. That's the complication. As they're both finishing up their delicious Vita Pro, everybody's favorite VI chance comes over the intercom. Sir, ma'am. It appears as though we are about to exit the drift. Cora looks up at the speaker. All right, Chance, we're on our way. Heading back upstairs to the bridge, Nikora slides into the captain's chair, and Petra takes her place back at her chair. And it only takes a couple of minutes before they drop out of the drift and phase back into real space. The question is, what is here? Now, we didn't really undertake an expedition because there was no, well, reason to, basically. So I think that we're just going to make a straight undertaken expedition roll and go from there. So we were moving at speed. There's no question at all. So plus edge is two. We got a weak hit. We roll a four, so a six on our action dice. And we got a 10 and a one on our challenge dice. So reach a waypoint, envision the location, and mark progress for the rank of an expedition. We didn't have a, anything to mark. So... um Either we make a suffer move or two suffer moves at minus one or face a peril at the waypoint. Let's see exactly what we encounter. We're in the Outlands. 21, a planet. What kind of planet? 12, a desert world. Are there any interesting features observed from space? See if there's one or two first off. There's one. And we rolled a 96, which is descriptor plus focus. 100, violent habitat. And before I can make a decision about that, I need to know if there's anybody that lives here, if there's any settlements of any kind. No. Then I need to know if there's any life. No. So the question is, I think it's entirely possible that viewable from space are these massive dust storms. These just swirling and incredibly violent and dangerous dust storms. And um, is it natural or is it man-made dust storms? 50-50. 74, so no, they're not man-made. So they're these natural dust storms. Is it, is the surface made up of like these like shards of glass or like, you know, like razor sharp sand? I think it's likely. Yes. Okay. 
I think going back to our undertake and expedition role, instead of having a peril at the waypoint, I think we'll just take two hits to our supply. I think that with Petra being on board, there was this expectation of being able to refill food and then the blind jump without calculating into fuel usage of the E-Drive or whatever sci-fi nonsense it uses has left them in a pretty dire situation as far as resources are concerned. So as they drop out of the drift and phase back into reality of the real space, this absolutely massive desert planet fills the cockpit window with this orangish-yellowish swirling color pattern with this massive star just burning hot. You can see these swirling storms down on the surface of the planet. It is just clearly and utterly inhospitable to life. And maybe the fact that this planet is so absolutely massive is the reason why they were drug out of the drift here. But staring out at this planet, there's nothing here for them. Petra stares out the window. It's beautiful in its desolation. I don't think there's anything for us here, Nikora. How long does it usually take for your drive to re-energize? Nikora types on the console in front of him. Depends on a lot of variables, he says back. Chance, what do you got for me? The cold metallic voice comes back over the speaker. Calculating, calculating, calculating. Fuel reserves at 18%, suboptimal for E-drive jumps. Recommend immediate refueling. Chance, Nikora growls. That's not the question that I asked. I know that we haven't had a chance to refuel the ship lately. Petra shoots a look back at him as he says that, glaring with daggers in her eyes. Nikora ignores her. Come on, Chance. I need to know how long until the E-Drive is recharged. Well, sir, according to my calculation, six hours are needed to recharge the E-Drive. The gravity well around this planet is stronger than anticipated. With nothing else to do, Nikora and Petra settle in and wait the six hours before re-entering the drift. Now, before we do that, where exactly are we? I'm going to use a D12, which is like a clock, and see what direction we've gone from the Prosperity. We rolled an 8. Okay, how many spaces? Let's say D6. 4. This puts it way out on the westward section of the sector. I know none of y'all can see the map, but this is way out from any paths that have been established through the sector that are known to Nikora, and it is really far out here. Now... I think it's pretty obvious that we need to get back to Creed, who's on the planet Tyr in the settlement of Osseus, which actually isn't all that far away from our current location. Therefore, we need to undertake an expedition for real this time. Since it's really not that far to get to Osseus from our current location, I think we're just going to call it a troublesome expedition. It's not far to Osseus from here. Only six or seven hexes. After the six hours are over, Chance calls both Petra and Nikora up to the bridge. Tells him that the ship's ready, charged up the drive, and studying to run low on resources and everything. They jump back into the drift in an attempt to make their way to Osseus. In this case, they're just trying to get it done quickly. So we're going to roll plus edge. Miss. We rolled a three with a ten and a nine on our challenge dice. On a miss, you are waylaid by crisis or arrive at the waypoint to confront an immediate hardship or threat. Do not mark progress and pay the price. I think we're just going to roll on our pay the price table here. 1. A trusted individual or community acts against you. Well, 
We know it has to be Petra. I can think of only one reason why she would act against us, and it has to do with Subject Alpha. So what does Petra want to do? Does she want to destroy or capture Subject Alpha? Does she want it for herself or to completely destroy it? Calling it 50-50. 27, she wants to destroy Subject Alpha. Is it because for herself or is it because of some other reason, some other entity? I think that it is likely because of some other entity. 74, we got it by one. Next question is, oh, was she sent to the prosperity by whatever this organization is in order to destroy the AI? At this point, it's very likely. 53, yes. I think this occurs before they even enter the drift. During this six-hour downtime waiting for the drive to recharge, Nikora, who is utterly exhausted from the ordeal aboard the Prosperity, retires to his bunk to lay down for a nap. Is he awoken by chance? I don't think so. I think it's very unlikely. No. Does he wake up to use the bathroom or something like that and runs into Petra? Mm, Too boring. No way. No. Has Subject Alpha somehow connected to the ship? I have no idea. 50-50. 86. No. What alerts Nakora to what's going on? I think we're going to roll in our mythic GM emulator action subject. Procrastinate outside. Procrastinate outside. Something goes wrong with the ship. It has to do with Nakora's lack of maintenance, his procrastination to do maintenance. So as Nakora is laid down for this sleep, all of a sudden out of nowhere, beep, 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 the proximity warning sensor starts going off. Nakora flies out of bed. Chance, what is going on? Why is that alarm going off? Sir, it appears as though the proximity sensors have detected something moving towards us at an alarming rate. Would you like me to disengage initialization and initiate evasive maneuvers? Nakora's already climbing up out of the bunk two rungs at a time into the mess area where there's no sign of Petra, although it has been cleaned up a little bit from the absolute disaster it was before. And he races over to the ladder up to the bridge. No chance. I, I, no, keep the drive charging. I'm going to check this out. He climbs up into the bridge and slides into his chair and starts typing away on the computer. Chance, I don't see anything on the scanners. Is Could it be a malfunction? Sir, as I've told you before, we are many months behind now on regular routine ma- Shut up, Chance. If you mention needing maintenance one more time, I'm going to disconnect you. Sir, I would not recommend that. I control all systems aboard the- Not now, Chance. Don't have time for this. Nakora gets out of his chair and runs to the back of the bridge where, as we've mentioned before, there's these wraparound windows that allow you to see all the way around. Chance, I don't see anything. Is there anything unusual that you can run a diagnostics for? Chance replies back. Well, sir, it does appear as though the box was open about five minutes ago. Chorus stops. The box? Why would she want to go into the box? The only thing in the box is fatty and subject alpha. Nakora remembers the look on her face when they were in the mess together at the mention of the AI. And his eyes widen a little bit. Chance, shut down the proximity sensors. There's nothing out here. Silence that damn alarm. I think I need to have a discussion with our new passenger. As he starts sprinting off towards the ladder and sliding down, descending towards the bottom of the ship. As our episode fades to black.
Once again, thank you so very, very much for listening to this solo role-playing podcast here on One Guy, One Role. I'm excited that we've finally gotten off the prosperity and digging into the actual game itself. Although, naturally, now my roles have gone to crap, so I guess that's just part of the way it works. Anyways, I can't wait to see what the hell Petra's up to down in the box, which is the section... It's not really part of the ship. It's the cargo container that the ship attaches to, and then it can move cargo. Because if you remember, this is actually a a cargo freighter ship, the second chance. As always, your continued support and listening to the podcast encourages me to keep making more episodes for y'all. If you wish to show your support for the show, and you got a couple extra bucks to chuck my way in order to keep improving the podcast, get new equipment, and generally support the production of One Guy, One Roll, Head on over to patreon.com slash one guy one roll and just take a look at it. Think you might enjoy what you see and become a member of the Solo RPG Guild. As always, I am your player, host, and GM Hero Cities signing off. Have a great day and stay safe out there, y'all.